Hello there, Alaskans, wherever you are. Welcome to the Must Read Alaska Show, coming to you from somewhere in Alaska. This is the place where we talk about, you guessed it, Alaska, where we keep the mainstream media on their toes and where we are standing up for what's right and a world run by leftists. You can find out more by heading over to mustreadalaska.com and also checking out the Must Read Alaska YouTube channel for some really great content. But first, let's get this party started. Hey, thank you, Scott, and welcome aboard, everyone, to the Must Read Alaska show coming to you from somewhere in Alaska where it is balmy today, and it's just uh, kind of a, it's gray, it's not all that exciting looking outside, but it's kind of nice to see some of the snow abate a little bit so that we can maybe get our next dump of snow in, in February, except um, what's going on in Nikiski, John Quick? Well, thank you so much, Suzanne. I hope you're having a marvelous day in Anchorage. You know, I just got back from the sunny state of Florida, so I left sunny and 80 degrees and I came home to uh, cloudy and 35. So I'm missing the sun a little bit. But on the Kenai Peninsula, man, we have got some big news coming out of the Kenai Peninsula. And we have ourselves a governor candidate, yours truly, Mayor Charlie Pierce, the people's mayor, has just announced, uh, I don't know, last week, uh, a couple of days ago, that he is going to throw his hat in the name uh, for the governor of Alaska. Now, this is going to be very interesting, in my opinion, my opinion only, because we have, for the first time ever, we're going to be faced with ranked choice voting system in Alaska. And for those of you that have not read the 75-page briefing of this uh, ranked choice voting system, it's quite the doozy. Essentially, the bare bones of it is you don't fill your ballot out right, your ballot could be thrown out in the second round, third round. Somebody could potentially win by not by having the most amount of second, third, and fourth place votes. And it's just this crazy system that we're going to be faced with for the first time ever. And I think because of that, uh, you know, we're going to see how this looks like with multiple candidates in the race. So it's going to be exciting. Uh, I myself. Full disclosure, uh, I'm a big fan of Charlie Pierce. He's a good friend of mine. I'm not involved in the campaign, but I wish him the best of luck. Yeah, and, and I and I uh, I adore Charlie. I'm just really crazy about him. But I will. I'm one of these people who has to do the math, and I'm just saying, wait a second. All right. So if Bill Walker gets the 38 percent of the vote, and Les Guerra, them, these are both Democrats, gets 13 percent of the vote, and they're trading first and second place votes back and forth. Then that's fifty-one percent, and so I, you know, who who does who does Charlie's votes go to? But we're gonna we're gonna take this up at another time because this this could be an entire show. In fact, <laughs> yes, I'm counting on you to get Charlie on our show, and he can explain some of this how this works himself. Okay, I will. I'll get him on. Yeah. In the meantime, we have a fantastic guest with us today, and I'm really proud to have Kathy Hensley on our show. Welcome, Kathy, to the Must Read Alaska show. Thank you much, so much, Suzanne and Scott. It's great to be here. Well, and, and I've known you for some time because you've um, you sort of put your hat in the ring earlier uh, in, in politics. So you're not an unfamiliar name in Anchorage. And in fact, now at this point, you're a pretty experienced candidate and you're running for assembly, which is fantastic since you're running against a really kind of a, I want to say a hardened criminal, but it's actually just a hardened Democrat. 
same thing. <laughs> um, in in Meg Zalatel, who's and, and and what district is this for our listeners? It's District Four, which is Midtown. Mm-hmm. And it's Midtown, and, and that really in, that really encompasses some of that area that was very contentious. And part of the reason why Mayor Bronson got elected was because of all the nonsense going on with the, the vast um, homeless industrial complex that Meg Zalatel was part of putting together. And that was really offending the people in Midtown. So you've got a, a big section of that, correct? Exactly. And that is really the, the main reason that I got involved when I did is I started, um, you know, in, in our neighborhoods, uh, those shelters were coming in and we were not getting any response from the assembly. We didn't have any input. And I started going to assembly meetings around that. And, uh, and so that is, that is exactly what uh, is, has been the impetus to me doing this. Well, it was kind of shocking. I mean, it was uh, one of these things where this, for those who don't remember or new, new to Alaska, the former mayor, Mayor Berkowitz, had a big plan to create a number of sort of units around the city to put homeless people in. And, may, and we're really talking not about homeless mothers or homeless um, you know, families necessarily, we're really talking about vagrants and people who are just street people. And he was gonna to try to get them into um, different kinds of rehabilitation for substance abuse because many of them are, are involved with that kind of, of lifestyle. And um, there were um, some problems with this because what he did is he took some of that CARES Act money and then he sort of moved it around. It was sort of fungible to him. Uh, he moved it into the, uh, to, to buy, certain hotels where in like the the Alaska Club on Tudor and they were even going to buy all these property up and essentially one in Spinard and it was they were going to take it off the tax rolls basically and make them into these government housing institutions for homeless vagrants and the public just got up in arms about that and pushed back and so you know some of that went through they did end up buying the golden lion and is the golden lion uh hotel in your district yes it is okay so that's that's 36th and new seward so correct they were going to turn that into it like a you know a sort of a treatment center and and a lot of people were very upset because nearby there's a, a daycare center and then there's a right behind there there is a, a wildlife like a bird refuge or something and People were worried that that was all going to become inhabited by homeless people, which is a problem back there in that Hell McDowell um, bird sanctuary. But um, anyway, so you you decided to run and uh, you've got this Meg Zalatel, who's now she's doubled down. She's got a, a, a full time job running this homeless business that she's running. I don't think these people ever actually work themselves out of a job. I just think they keep making their jobs bigger and bigger with themselves. But what is what does your opponent do? She, she runs the homeless coalition now. Right. So she's the uh, interim executive director of the the Homeless Coalition. And it is interesting to me that you can be in charge of uh, something like homelessness, have really a lot of input and uh, your plan is put into place and such dismal failure. So spending an exorbitant amount of money, getting poor results, not only for our neighborhoods and our businesses, but for our homeless people, very, very poor results. And so the the obvious answer to that is give her a bigger job, another job in 
being the executive director of the Homeless Coalition and paying her a lot of money. Right. And, and that is the that's what's really interesting about this homelessness business is that it just keeps getting bigger and bigger for itself. And, and yes. I have a feeling that a lot of these um, these homeless groups, they are not really interested in working themselves out of a job because then well, they wouldn't have a job. I mean, that ought to be their mission is to get themselves out of that business. But you never hear of anybody setting up an exit plan for their for their nonprofit. And the, um, the Anchorage Homeless Coalition has done a I think an abysmal job of addressing it. And now they've got her as their um, their fearless leader, but doesn't that sort of conflict her out on the assembly? Because a lot of the stuff the assembly does involves um, trying to deal with that particular population, which has got a lot of crime, got a lot of, um, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of issues, uh, sexual assault issues, drug and disorderly conduct out on, in, in our streets, um, defecation, sleeping in the middle of the street, that kind of thing. Uh, does that sort of conflict her out on a lot of stuff that she would be doing on the assembly? So I was told by someone who is uh, very close to this, that as soon as she took that job, that she would um, have to resign as an assembly member. And then when that didn't happen, I reached out to um, some uh, people that also knew what was going on. And they said, well, the assembly decided to keep her on and just that she was going to recuse, her, recuse herself um, around homeless issues while she's on the assembly. And then they said, well, she won't run again because she won't be able to be effective in the assembly with this job. And as of right now, that's the question. We don't, I'm not sure. Um, it seems like a conflict to me. Uh, to a lot of people, it felt like that was an obvious conflict. And so she was not going to be able to continue. So it's a, in a way, it's a surprise that she's still on there. And in a way, it's not a surprise because this assembly does has shown in the past that they will do whatever they want to do. They don't uh, necessarily take the charter into account. They don't necessarily listen to uh, other people and, and other experts that would have something to say about what's going on. So, um, you know, it's it's very similar to them when Berkowitz um, stepped down and they appointed the interim mayor um, and chose not to hold an election. And, you know, oh, those yeah. of us who watch things were scratching our heads and asking questions that were never answered, you know, and basically they j just said, this is how the way we're going to do it. And then that was it. They just moved on. That was a, a really appalling situation when uh, Berkowitz was, was basically forced to step down because of his uh, very inappropriate actions that became public in um, October of, of 2020. And then they appointed, uh, well, it was, it was um, Austin Quinn Davidson was, the um, the chair the chair of the assembly there, and then she became she became interim mayor. But they said instead of having a special election and electing a mayor, um, we're just going to let her do that for eight months. So she did that for eight months, and boy, did she ever use those eight months to the benefit of the leftist agenda. And of course, that's that's um, Meg Zalatel was very much a part of that. She was all part of making sure that. Anchorage didn't have an elected mayor. So of course, that's how we ended up with Dave Bronson. That was for every action, there is an equal opposite reaction. reaction. And yeah, so, so they got uh, Dave Bronson, but now, now she's um, there and she's, she said she was, uh, would conflict out on things. So maybe she's doing that. She said she wouldn't run again because obviously that's a conflict of interest, but she's running again. So obviously can't be trusted. She's not a particularly likable person, but she did overcome this uh, recall election mm -hmm. for her recently. And let's talk about that for a second. 
Yeah. It, the recall is very interesting. First of all, they're, they're very rarely uh, successful in Alaska. It's just not something that, that we typically do. Um, there was a segment of, of our, our citizenry that in our district that were very, very frustrated with the way um, she was uh, making rules for other people and then not following them for herself. Um, and then also the CARES Act money being just, uh, we have a, a, a large um, small business segment in our district. And for that money that was supposed to go to helping small businesses stay in business, um, to be siphoned off and go to these great big um, other projects, special interest projects that they, they were interested in. So there were a lot of reasons that people were very angry with her and wanted to get her out. Um, the, but the way the recall works is it has to go through a certain process and there's only certain things that you can put on a recall petition. So it's not about, you know, I, I don't like their politics and I don't like their decision making. It has to be more um, about a legal reason of why she should be um, taken off the assembly. So what they boiled it down to when what was actually on the ballot was pretty weak. It was unfortunate um, that it ended up that way. And then um, just like they did with uh, Felix Rivera's recall election, um, Meg Zolotel was able to basically put a campaign speech on the ballot. So that it was an interesting choice of how they did that um, for the, and then of course, it's just a, a small election in one district. It's very difficult to get the information out there. And, and then the truth is that uh, Meg Zolotel has a lot of money that doesn't come from her neighbors. Um, doesn't come from the district, doesn't even come from Anchorage or Alaska. And so they have uh, pretty unlimited resources. I'm not going to say unlimited, but pretty unlimited resources when it comes to this kind of thing. And so putting all those things together, people um, didn't turn out for the vote. Um, and, you know, people I talk to are shocked that she uh, was able to get by, especially with such a wide, wide margin. Now, I don't think that that reflects on whether she's vulnerable in an election. Um, an election with another candidate to choose from is totally different. We can talk about issues um, that we were not allowed to talk about. And I would say we, I was not involved in the recall uh, Mixolotel uh, process at all because I had already decided I was going to run and I didn't want there to be any conflict there. So I completely stayed away from that. But, um, but as an elect, as a candidate, I'm able to talk about policy things that she has implemented that I disagree with. Um, and so I really do feel like she is vulnerable. Um, I am out there every day knocking on doors and talking to people. Um, you know, I hope that you've seen on, on social media that I'm, I'm getting together with lots of different groups and talking to different um, people in my district and people are pretty angry about what um, the way she has voted, the way she has uh, been completely against Mayor Bronson and, and everything that she's done. And, and then the, the failure of, of what's happening in our city right now. Yeah, there's, so, there's, um, there seems, go ahead, go ahead, John. Yeah. So Kathy, you know, the, uh, from the outside looking in, I think the average person in Alaska looks at the Anchorage assembly and they see it as volatile. They see it as irrational they see it as emotional base uh, making choices based off emotions not taking any sort of conservative idea um, and even listening to it how would you go about um, 
affecting change on the assembly? And, and what are some of the things that you would hope to accomplish if you are elected? Yeah, well, that's such a great question. I think about this a lot because there's a lot of different scenarios. Um, right now, we have you know nine leftists with leftist agenda, and then we have two conservatives and we have a conservative mayor. Um, so in this configuration on the assembly with the nine that are so contentious, they, they're not interested in, in any ideas that aren't leftist ideas. Um, so then we can see that Mayor Bronson um, is able to get through very, very little. He can't even get his own appointments through, which is unheard of in Anchorage. The things that we've seen just common everyday citizens go through in an appointment process. So you can see that it's, you know, it's difficult. And I, you know, people say, why isn't Mayor Bronson doing this? Why isn't he doing that? And I, you know, it is, he has no support. Anything he puts through, uh, you know, Jamie Allard and Crystal Kennedy uh, will, you know, listen and and are, are on board. And the other nine, I don't know, you know, for those people that have been to an assembly meeting or have watched it, uh, I've never seen a business run this way. It's it's really odd, very contentious. So if I get elected and none of the other assemblies uh, seats change, I expect that I'm going to be in a similar position. It's going to be a hold the line position. And I'll tell you, um, I'm not interested in making friends. Um, I know my, <laughs> you know, what my beliefs are, my policy and uh, my principles. Um, I am interested in listening to uh the, the public. I'm interested in listening to what people in Anchorage care about. Um, however, I'm not going to be joining a club um, on the assembly. I'm, I'm not interested in that club at all. <laughs> and so, you know, if, if my race is the only one that goes through, then that's one more vote that can help uphold a veto for Mayor Bronson. It's one more vote um, for, for conservative values. And it's one more voice um, to get our ideas in there. Now, we have some other great candidates. And of course, we would love to turn over as many of these leftist seats as possible. Um, and, you know, sh shooting for the sky, if we could change all five that are running, we could um, turn those to reasonable people that are listening and uh, interested in hearing what people in Anchorage are wanting and having reasonable, um, accountable uh, a job done in the assembly, we could make changes immediately. We could immediately um, affect our elections. Um, that is one of the number one things that people talk to me about is this write-in election. And when people don't trust the election process, um, then uh, people uh, don't feel satisfied with their local government. And this last round that the assembly did where they uh, just decided to, for whatever reason, I have no idea how they can logically um, defend this, for whatever reason, they decided to make our write-in elections less transparent, less, uh, uh, less possibility to follow and make sure that they're fair and correct. And, you know, I, as an American citizen, would like every citizen's vote, every legal citizen's vote to count perfectly, exactly the way they vote. I want it to count. Um, and so why wouldn't we be as transparent as possible? You know, to say that we can turn the cameras off at any time, that, that the election officials can turn cameras off, mm, doesn't it, it, it doesn't make any sense because it even protects them. If the cameras are on, you know, nobody can say they're doing anything wrong if the cameras are on. And, you know, I, I 
there are people on that election that work for elections that are absolutely 100% above board. You know, they want everything to go right. And so, you know, I know they would like to have really transparent elections. So that's one thing, obviously, that, that we would address um, Im- immediately. Another thing which is so uh, in our face right now is this budget for the Anchorage um, Assembly, the budget that they have to work with and the tax cap and that they, um, you know, I, I'm a business person. Um, I, I pay taxes. I pay payroll. You know, I, I have to have a budget. I can't go into debt. I can't just spend money if I don't have it. I live like most Alaskans live. I know what's coming in. I know what's going out. And some things I want, I can't have because I don't have the money for. Some things are a priority that have to, the money has to be spent on so we don't get other things. That is not the way this assembly functions, as far as I can tell. They have this wish list of these things that they want to happen. The price is whatever the price is. And if you don't, if they don't get that, then they are... Uh, want to get too personal but it's like watching a petulant child have a fit and (laughs) it's it's not logical uh there's economics involved in running a city and economics are not magic they are numbers it's numbers and um so you know when mayor bronson cut over seven million out of our budget and sent it back to them and they were appalled that he would take away any of the money and we didn't have that money. And that's what Mayor yeah. Bronson said. Where are you getting this money? And they, I've heard, I've heard them say, well, we're going to take it out of the savings account. There's no savings account. You spent the savings account that we had when you first came into office. It is gone. Yeah. Um, so, of course, those are, I mean, some of the obvious things that we're going to tackle immediately. Yeah, that was that was really ludicrous when they he vetoed it and then they overrode it. And he's, but, the, but the, what they don't understand over there on the assembly is, they can appropriate all of the fake money that they want to appropriate, but if the money's not there, the mayor does not have to spend it and in fact can't spend it. And so they can say they passed a certain budget, but he's not required to spend money he doesn't have. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I don't think we've ever really quite communicated that to the, the public because it's just almost too ludicrous to imagine. People can imagine that they're actually appropriating money that just isn't there. So, but let's talk, let's take that a step further and talk about the, um, you know, we've seen some, our, our appraisals going up and, and mm-hmm. everybody's on fire about this. They've seen everything from between 10% and 19% increased in their appraisals. And of course we have a bond package coming up for $111 million. Um, right. I mean, we, we're going to ask, and, and they all pass in town. I don't know why that right. is. I vote. I vote against them and everybody I know votes against them, but somehow mm-hmm. they've magically passed. And so, you know, what are we looking at in terms of our property taxes? How does, I know you have a real estate background. In fact, you're a realtor. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, t- talk to us about that. It is, I've never seen anything like this before. Uh, you know, we get that, that green card in the mail and tax values go up as our property values go up and our property values have gone up this year. It's been, you know, we have, be a lot of economic reasons for that. We have a lot, we have very low inventory and um, there's a lot of economic reasons of why prices have gone up, but to have someone's tax bill go up so extremely, I have literally had people send me copies of their, uh, their, the green card that they get. And 
they, you know, they, and they're saying to me, is this a mistake? What is happening? How, how could this happen? And, you know, I hate to say it, but when this, when the city is spending like so out of control, they, they are trying to find a way to pay for all their pet projects and who has the money? Well, they look at us as their personal bank, as far as I can tell. And so they're like, well, those people still have money out there. So let's just, let's raise their taxes and raising taxes as the property values go up is a historical fact always Mm -hmm. happened. But to this extent where people are paying $5,000 a year more in taxes in one year, where I, I have a friend and she's got a nice house, you know, it's, it's uh, above the 500,000 mark, beautiful home in a nice area in the last two years has gone up $130,000 in assessed value. That is outrageous. That changes your budget. And of course, it seems like they don't really understand what a budget is, but I could tell them what a family budget is like when you add several hundred dollars that have to be paid to the government every month. And, you know, some people don't recognize it right away because it's in their mortgage. But when you're paying, you know, you're, you're paying one thing for a mortgage and then the next month you're paying, you know, substantially more. People are talking about this more than I've ever heard anybody bring this up before. And so when you're going, so you're going door to door now because you're doing mm-hmm. a lot of door to door, I presume, right? I am. Yep. And are people starting to bring this up with you, um, you know, homeowners? Yes. And I've never heard this before. Um, it's, I've heard people say, you know, well, our government spends too much money or why are they taking this pot of money um, to spend on these things that aren't that that's not what it's for. But I've never had somebody specifically say, my property taxes have gone up an outrageous amount of money in the, not just, I mean, in the last two years. And that is directly because of this assembly and the way they spend. And it's, it, it's one of the reasons that I think that this assembly is, um, that there's a possibility that we can change some of these seats over because when the city is run in such a way that it is personally affecting the average citizen to such an extent that they're, you know, kind of looking up and like, and saying, what is going on here? And there's only one place to put the blame and that is who is spending the money. And that is this assembly. Man. Yeah. Because I, I am hearing about it from readers uh, every day. I'm mm-hmm. hearing from readers who are just shocked. And I don't think that renters really fully understand how much of their rent is going toward property tax. But in some cases, in smaller, uh, in people who live in like fourplexes or in smaller uh, apartment units, it is well over 15% of what you pay in rent is actually going for that property tax. Uh, mm-hmm. If you get into some of the larger uh, apartments, it starts start prorating down. But um, I, I think that some of the people who vote in favor of these bond measures are renters who don't realize that, yeah, you're paying for it. You are definitely going to pay uh, another $40 a month in rent um, to, right. to start it out. Yeah, you're going to see that this coming year. That's right. And rental prices in Anchorage have been historically pretty stable. They, they don't jump around or too much. But I can tell you, uh, people that are that own rental properties are, you know, they're losing income. And that is the way economics works is, you know, you run a business to make money. And if you're not making money, then you there's a couple of things that you can do. One of those things is raise the prices. Now, we already know that we have an issue with 
with affordable housing in Anchorage. This kind of spending just drives it up. And then some of the things that they did with the CARES money and, and the way that they treated um, just the government as a whole, but all the way down to the assembly treated landlords as if they were bottomless money pits. Um, right. It is going to affect people and the effects are going to come soon. This is very interesting. So, so we've talked a little bit about the the cost of living, and and you want to address homelessness. You know, stop mm-hmm. raising the uh, the taxes on people. That'll help. Um, yeah. We we That's talked right. a little bit about the the recall election against Meg Zaltel and how it, it's just difficult to read. The only recall that has been successful this past year in Alaska was the president of the Tanana Chiefs Conference up in Fairbanks, and that wasn't even a you know that's that's just sort of a tribal tribal recall. Mm-hmm. Um, none of the others have been successful. Uh, we've talked about uh, maybe the ability to flip more than one seat, but at least get one uh, seat on the assembly that could help uh, reduce some of the spending. How about yeah. um, how about your campaign? Tell tell us how your campaign is going. Yeah, I, well, I will say I, I I really love people. That that is one of the things. Uh, one of my favorite things. I love people. I'm fascinated by people. I'm very interested in people and. People, uh, I, that's one reason I really like knocking on doors. I get to meet all kinds of people that are doing all kinds of interesting things in their lives. I especially think Alaskans are extraordinarily interesting. And people have just flocked to this campaign. It has been so humbling mm. to have people call me and say, what can I do? How can I help? And then, you know, we'll have an event or something and people are just showing up. Um, people I don't know, people that have been invited by other people that are interested in, in changing um, the way things are going in Anchorage. And I have to say, it has been one of the most humbling experiences of my life. Um, I'm super grateful. I have people that are working, you know, as hard as I am working on this campaign. And we're knocking on doors and we're having events and I'm, you know, going to forums and answering phone calls and all the things that you would think of to run a campaign. And I have people every day right out there beside me um, doing that, that same kind of work. And I know why they're doing that. They're doing that because the, for the same reason that I'm running for assembly, they want change. They love Anchorage. They want Anchorage to be a, a beautiful city again, a city that we can be proud of again. And we've lived in better times and we can live in better times again. And so I have to say the the people that have helped out with this campaign and the donations and the phone call, it's, it's so uh, encouraging. It's just so encouraging to me. So I'm super grateful about that. Um, I have, well, a, how, can, a how can they get, how, how can they get in touch with your campaign? For instance, what's your website and when are you, when is your next event? I mean, are you having any blocking okay. events this weekend or I mean, Oh yeah. <laughs> But um, how, do, how do we find out where you're, where you're going to be and how people can walk with you or, or go door to door on your behalf? How, how does that work? Yeah. So my website is Hensley for assembly and that's spelled out F O R assembly.com. And you can volunteer there. You can sign up to get a sign. We have had so many people uh, sign up to get signs. We've had to double our order, which I'm super excited about. And those will be coming out in the next week okay. or so. Oh, that costs um, money. Yep. Costs money. It all costs money. That's, you know, and, and I'm, I'm very frugal, so I don't spend it until I have it. And, uh, and that's the way I'm going to run my campaign. That's the way I run my life. And that's the way I think our government should be run. So I'm really careful about those things. 
Um, but yes, come, go to the um, website. And then every Wednesday, I go to Little Dipper Diner on Diamond from one to two. And I just sit down and have lunch and people come in and talk to me. And um, boy, that's another thing that's just been so sweet to just sit down with my neighbors, have a conversation and um, and they're so excited about getting involved. So that's been cool. Then on Saturdays from nine to 10, I go to this beautiful coffee shop on Tudor. It's called Sip. Um, it's relatively new and, oh, you would just love it. You should definitely go in there. It's so beautiful. And, um, again, I, I talk with people, they come in and we have conversations about all kinds of interesting things. And what then 10, that? that's from nine to 10. Okay. And then we leave there at 10 o'clock and we start knocking on doors. And last okay. week we knocked on doors till one 30 in the afternoon. We've really got a lot done. We knock on doors every Thursday from three 30 to five 30. And as a matter of fact, as soon as I'm done with this, I'm going out and knocking on doors. <laughs> and it's only Monday. Well, I really, really appreciate you coming on the show today. And so for it's, it's Hensley for assembly. That's H E N S L E E F O R assembly.com. So Hensley for assembly.com. And if anybody wants to get involved with the Kathy Hensley for assembly campaign so that we can um, see what we can do about improving the quality of our, of our uh, assembly there here in Anchorage. That's where they go and you, they can meet you at Little Dipper Diner on what day was that? Tuesday? That's Wednesday, Wednesday from Wednesday noon to one. Wednesdays mm -hmm. from noon to one. And on Saturdays, yep. over at Sip Coffee from nine to 10 and, and go walking um, any of these, any of these evenings, but wear your cleats, everybody, if you go. And, yes, wear and good, your cleats. And good luck to you. And uh, really want to hear from you again. Maybe what we can do is have you on in a couple of weeks and you can let us know the updates from the campaign trail and all the things that people are telling you. Well, that would be great. I, I my campaign's going to really be frustrated if I don't say that I have an event coming up this Saturday also at oh. Carousel Lounge. Oh, um, in Carousel, Spinar. that's my favorite place. Oh, and an advertiser so in Mustard, Alaska. Yes, they are awesome, awesome people. And it's going to be from three to five. We would love to pack that place out. We're going to have good food and lots of fun conversation. And it's going to be a really fun one. We like to make, I really like to have fun. So we try to make things fun. I will be there. I'm going to, oh, I'm good. Going to, I'm going to show up at Carousel Lounge okay. three to five on Saturday. I'll be there. That's right. Well, everybody, if you're a supporter of Must Read Alaska, we really appreciate it. It makes this possible for us to stand up for what's right in Alaska. And so your help really is giving our side a voice and by our side, I mean the conservative side and the donate button is there on the right side of mustreadalaska.com and anything you want to throw in there is really helpful to keeping this operation going. And I appreciate Scott Levesque, our producer, who has always does a fantastic job for us and then is the voice of Must Read Alaska the rest of the week. You can hear him on Tuesday, Wednesdays and Thursdays. And John in Nikiski, thank you for coming back from Miami. You didn't have to, and I really appreciate that. Though. <laughs> and for everybody else, until next week, we're signing off from somewhere in Alaska. Bye.